So what's the state of information security education as we head into 2012? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Eugene Spafford, professor at Purdue University. Gene, thanks so much for joining me again today. Pleased to be with you. Gene, it's been a busy year. We've seen any number of hacking incidents and data breaches and information security in the news on a daily basis. What do you find are the hot topics top of mind for you these days? I have a couple that are of concern. Uh, one is that we are now beginning to see more and more attacks on critical infrastructure systems, uh, data and command and control systems that are not uh, normally programmed or protected the way some of our typical desktops and servers are. Uh, we've seen an uptick in various kinds of fraud, and particularly here at the holiday season and difficult economic times, we're uh, seeing more of that. And Apparently, there is a little bit more activity going on uh, in, uh, shall we say, the nation-state space, uh, first evidenced by Stuxnet, uh, Dooku, and possibly some other kinds of activities that, um, given some of the international tensions, may uh, be more prominent in the coming year. Gene, how do you find these topics, and they're important ones, how do you find them trickling into the education environment? In large part, they haven't yet. Uh, these are all um, emerging activities. Well, the fraud certainly has been an ongoing activity. Um, but uh, these have not traditionally uh, found their way into the regular curriculum in most places, in particular the protection of SCADA uh, real-time control systems has not been something that has traditionally been taught in courses, and you won't find very many textbooks or laboratory materials about how to uh, build in these protections. Uh, in fact, the community that builds those generally doesn't overlap with the community that builds uh, regular computing systems. In the area of some of the nation-state issues, that has been discussed. Uh, there are some discussions in some educational materials, uh, but the issues are much more complex and involve um, kinds of discussions about politics and economics and law that, again, are generally not covered in the typical computer science, computer security kind of textbooks or courseware. And the issues of increased fraud um, really touch on some things that have been traditionally taught, uh, but the new mechanisms that are used in search engines, in social engineering, um, in various kinds of theft of identity documents uh, are constantly evolving, and it is difficult for many instructors who aren't uh, following this carefully to keep up with it. Now, do you see these as oversights in the education curriculum, or just something that we need to address as the threats evolve? Uh, we're still playing catch-up, I think, in the educational environment. There are some places that certainly where the researchers and uh, um, instructors are are involved in some of the um, leading-edge conferences and working with industry. Uh, they're aware of these issues and are able to bring some of it into classrooms, but that isn't a large number. The majority of uh, places where we are teaching 
information security concepts, secure programming, and some of the other issues are still being done by faculty who have limited exposure in the area and are having to use existing educational materials, many of which were developed in years past before some of these uh, issues were well understood. So we have a lag in the system uh, that is uh, going to be difficult to catch up in the next couple of years. Um, and uh, I, I'm not really sure what the best way to address this is uh, because we still need to focus on getting some of the fundamentals right, and that's still not being done. Well, it's a perfect time to ask you the question I've asked you each year at this time, which is how would you describe now the state of information security education as we go into a new year? I think it's better than last year. It has gotten more attention at many institutions. Uh, there is more material that's available online. We've seen a surge in student applications, not only in security, but in IT-related uh, fields and technology in general. Uh, this has been uh, a steady issue of uh, concern uh, politically, uh, publicly, uh, in the U.S. and other countries about how we need to expand our STEM education and uh, workforce. Uh, the economy has also shown that this is an area where there is growth, so students are headed there. So that is all very promising. Uh, we've seen in several places, again, the U.S. Uh, in particular uh, has an initiative called NICE, uh, which is a national initiative to increase uh, InfoSec cyber education. And so there's greater emphasis there. And that's more than simply on the, um, the college and postgraduate level, but also reaching down in the uh, K-12 level. So in general, I think the, the prospects are positive, but this is also balanced with the fact that uh, most educational institutions still do not have adequate resources to uh, build environments that have current state-of-the-art equipment for students to work with hands-on. Uh, most educational institutions in the country are stressed right now because of economic issues. And uh, with InfoSec education being an elective at most places, uh, this is likely to undergo more stress than some of the more core uh, academic issues in the coming year. Well, Gene, you've touched on this to some extent, but where would you say that educational institutions have made the biggest strides in improving information security education? I would say that uh, seeing more institutions include elements of security and privacy discussions in regular courses, having speakers come into play, um, having uh, a little bit more opportunity to offer electives in this area, have increased the awareness among students, and therefore we have begun to make some inroads on getting all students aware that this is an issue and providing them with at least some opportunities to, to uh, observe and discuss uh, some of the basic properties. Now, flip side of that, where do you see the need to make the most significant improvements? Well, there are many, unfortunately, uh, and it's difficult to say uh, which ones are the highest priority. 
the the two that I think I see most commonly are, uh, first of all, a lack of good, uh, complete, sound educational materials. More than simply textbooks, this would include laboratory exercises, coupled with software, self-contained kinds of exercises that could be used by instructors who may not have deep expertise in the area, which is going to be true at many of the educational institutions, uh, to convey some of the basic concepts to students. And the problem here is that the people who are perhaps best able to create these are so busy with other things, they're not likely to have much time um, to be able to put these together. Uh, the second area, as one I mentioned earlier, uh, which is simply giving students access to state-of-the-art hardware and software. Uh, we have literally thousands of educational institutions around the country where students might be learning some of these technologies and techniques, uh, but there are perhaps only a few dozen that have some current commercial technology in place uh, because this is not something uh, that is easily funded in the current economic climate, uh, nor are many vendors in a position to uh, provide their uh, products to large numbers of educational institutions. So our students are getting a very often a good education, but they have to undergo additional training once they get in, out into the workplace uh, to really understand how to apply it to current technology. To generalize, Gene, how outdated would you say the curriculum and the technology are at many institutions? On average, um, they're, they're probably uh, uh, several years, uh, five years or so behind, um, maybe more. Um, it's difficult to say because I haven't been able to do any kind of large-scale survey, but talking with colleagues and visiting various institutions um, reveal some have only what software and technology they can download off the net for free, um, which tend to be rather old software. Uh, there are some places that do have state-of-the-art network monitoring equipment, firewalls, intrusion and extrusion prevention, and so on, <clears throat> but the numbers there are small and uh, much smaller than they should be if we're actually going to be producing a competent workforce. Now, another topic altogether. How do you see information security jobs evolving now to face the types of advanced threats you discussed earlier? The kinds of positions that our students are going into are becoming increasingly um, specialized for individuals who are doing incident response, investigation, uh, architecture, um, and and operations uh, are four areas that are, are um, certainly becoming distinct. Uh, we're also seeing an increasing interest in individuals who understand the privacy aspects of security, and that may also become uh, somewhat of a specialization area. All of this is because there is simply too much material, really, to pack into um, one degree program, if we're going to look at a, at a higher education environment. Uh, 
uh, in its current form. There are so many different problems and circumstances uh, that generally students are able to pick an area and focus on it, or else they get a very general education that is going to require additional training afterwards. Uh, the market is very strong. There, pretty much anybody who gets a, a good grounding in any of these areas uh, from a reputable institution is going to have no difficulty finding employment, uh, assuming that they're willing to relocate. But at the same time, uh, we simply don't have the resources to produce all the students, all the graduates who are necessary uh, to fill all of these areas. And Gene, to fill these areas, how do the students have to have to evolve to um, to step up? I would guess I would say and and play these these new more advanced roles. They're going to have to spend a little more time um, with hands-on learning in some cases uh, than perhaps has been the case at uh, uh, some institutions. Uh, because actually being able to um, operate some of the technology is going to be important. Uh, but more importantly, I think, is something that <clears throat> has not been the case for um, perhaps a decade or so. Um, we're going to have to develop more of a culture of lifelong learning and uh, more than simply studying for tests cramming for tests or doing projects while in classes, um, these students are going to have to get into the habit of reading the news, reading the industry news, um, being prepared to go to conferences or uh, training sessions to continue to hone their skills. The field is advancing rapidly. We can't teach it all in a higher education setting. And so anyone who's going to work in this field must become a lifelong student and be very focused on that rather than simply putting in um, 9 to 5 or 9 to 8 or whatever hours they have and then and then uh, kicking back for the rest of the day. Um, there's a real commitment here to be a professional rather than simply a student. That's a good point. And, you know, I probably is blame, to blame as much as anybody for telling people how many jobs are out there, that security is lucrative, this is the place to go. We've, we've hyped this up a lot. So for somebody wanting to enter the information security profession in 2012, what would you sit down and offer them for advice? I would suggest to them to think of uh, two paths here. One is they could certainly get a job in the area where they are effectively a technician, um, where they go to work, do some things, and then go home again. Uh, but the real value chance for advancement and chance to make a difference is in treating this really as a profession. And that gets to uh, my earlier answer. Uh, it's very similar to what one might uh, encounter in becoming a doctor or a lawyer or a college professor, where you have to devote yourself to lifelong education and development and continuing to hone your skills. That's part of being a professional, is to actually um, continue to improve in what you're doing rather than treating it simply as a job. And so <clears throat> I make the distinction, I have made a distinction in the past in talking with you between training and education. And I think it's time to also make the distinction between having a job and being part of a profession. 
Training will get you a job. Education, especially ongoing education, is part of being a professional. And that's where I think the future really lies for many people in this field. Gene, that's well said as always. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome, and have a great holiday season, and be talking with you in the new year. We've been talking about information security education. I've been talking with Eugene Spafford with Purdue University. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.